Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Greg, and welcome to episode nine of the Rip Rim Reds podcast. I am joined by my co-host Jace, who is not where he usually is. Where are you, Jace? I'm in Oslo. I'm in Norway. Little work trip. Little work trip by myself. So I spent the Sunday commuting to Norway, missing the football. It's not that big of a deal. You didn't miss it. You missed a bit, but not a great deal. I'm actually just a bit jealous that you get to jet set around the world. To be honest, it's not all. It's not all fun. <laughs> on, as, Bergie, as Bergie would say, it's a G L A M O R O U S. Yeah, probably not fine first class though, right? No, no, I'm not. I did get upgraded hotel room. Uh, I have a lovely, lovely view of Oslo and the the, the fjords and, and the water. So um, I can't complain. It's probably the best view I've ever had in a hotel room, actually. I'm not going to move the iPad and show you. <laughs> not jealous at all. I can see a curtain. So, yeah. Uh, it has been better. cloudy and raining, though, ever since I've been here. Like I went for a run in the rain, like... It's. Uh, I don't. I don't think it's probably going to be sunny when I'm working, so I'm probably not going to get to see uh, the actual mountains because they're all covered in clouds. Mm. So, how are you? Uh, how has your weekend the, been? Uh, my my weekend has been pretty relaxed. I went to a car boot sale this morning. Uh, very Ooh. eventful. Uh, I thought I'd take the kids just to see what what, what was going on. Uh, they both came away with some some useless tap, but you know that's what a car boot's for. And then got- yeah, watched one. What was your bargain? Come on, you must have come in with a bargain. I, I didn't really. Uh, I, I'm, I can't tell you um, because uh, it uh, is. It's not a surprise for you, obviously, um, but uh, it's a surprise. Uh, my wife's fortieth is coming up, so uh, I've bought some some useless presents that are going to be just fun things. Uh, so I can't go into all of that, but it's suffice to say it's some useless tat as well. But uh, <laughs> there, so, yeah, Sarah, if you're listening, Greville has bought you a useless tat for your fortieth. Yeah, that's exactly it. And these are the best <laughs> presents as well. They're not even the worst presents. So that doesn't mean to go on. Um, right on that bombshell, I'm going to uh, whack the intro music on and then we'll get into our Crystal Palace versus Arsenal preview episode. Right, as I said, we start every single episode same. We go straight into our rip roaring review. Gonna point the finger straight at Jace, who's gonna kick us off with something hot spicy and probably a bit bold i'd imagine what you got to say for yourself jace i'm saying we can win the league um for two reasons uh one de bruyne is injured for four months we gotta hit it we just gotta hit it hit it hit it hit it because city will be playing catch up again but we shouldn't be making the same mistakes we did last year last season we improved on mistakes we made in the season before if we do the same again we should be in a place, I think, where we can be strong enough to try and ride out the challenges we had last season. I just think uh, City not having De Bruyne is a major a major impact on how they can play and the creative chances they can create, especially for Haaland. I think I said it in a, in a, in a tweet. Um, 
jokingly on the Rip Roaring Reds account saying Harlan's injured, they'll smash it. Uh, no, oh, not Harlan's injured, De Bruyne's injured, they'll smash it. But I uh, genuinely think that there's an opportunity there. They haven't got Paqueta over the line. Will they get him over the line? I'm not sure. Though. Last I saw the negotiations have fallen apart. They are lacking. Yeah. So they're, they're, they're lacking that creative player. And you can see the impact that that's actually having on Haaland because, like, I think he's not scored in the first two. Did he score in the first game? He scored. Yeah, in the first he did. Game. Actually, he did. He scored against Burnley, didn't he? But I mean, from what I saw of the highlights of the Newcastle City game, it, it didn't. I mean, there wasn't that many amazing opportunities. There was a great goal by Alvarez, um, but apart from that, it was pretty. It looked a bit of a dead rubber from the highlights. I'm not sure if you watched it and be able to tell me more, but. Yeah, I just think we have to take this opportunity. We have to take this opportunity. It's an opportunity for us. Um, we're going to have our injury problems as well. But um, yeah, I think we need to take that opportunity while we can. What do you think? Do you think that uh, we have a chance with De Bruyne being injured? Uh, well, my, my actual re- review was, yeah, probably along similar lines. Maybe not exactly as, as bold and as brazen as you uh, after one game week or at least uh, 90% of a second game week gone. Um, but yeah, we, we need to capitalise. I would say that I did I did watch most of that game. Uh, Foden was was really good. Um, and I think that he doesn't usually get much of a starting berth whilst De Bruyne is fit and healthy. He's usually more of an impact player. So there could be an yeah. opportunity there that he steps in and kind of does a lot of that role. And he was, he was good. Haaland wasn't getting a lot of service during that game. And I think the problem is with Haaland, he can do that. He can be in those games. I think we saw it in the Community Shield, to be honest. He can be in those games and be looking like he's nothing. He can be invisible. He can not really be involved and they will score two goals. And it will just be like, how did that how He's just an absolute beast. And he did have opportunities. Um, so it is, I, I do, yeah, I still, I still wonder. But I, I honestly think that Man City's depth isn't that great. If you look at their squad, they, they have a lot of youth coming through. Like Cole Palmer looks really good when he yeah. has kind of come in. And like you say, maybe they get Paqueta, but... I think with all the stuff that's happening with uh, him in the background, that might not be something they they go for anymore. Um, And I would say that after the last weekend and this weekend so far, no one looks particularly strong um, in all honesty. And that includes us. We've obviously only seen us for 90 minutes and we didn't look that great for the last half an hour against Forest. First half, we did look good. But yeah, the, the last 20 to 30 minutes, Maybe not so much. Yeah, first half I felt we were awesome. Second half, yeah, so it fell down. And, and I'll, I'll, I'm going to elaborate on that a little bit more later about what I want to see in the next game. Um, I think I, I'd agree with you. I don't think anyone stood out yet. There's been some interesting results over the weekend. Like Man United, they weren't expecting them to hit it. But Wolves, they, they didn't look great at all. I think they were very lucky to get that win. Um with the United Spurs game over the weekend, I, I just, again, I didn't see that one, but I saw the highlights and I was, I, I mean, it looked pretty even as a game, actually, from the highlights and the chances that Bruno Fernandes had, especially with the header he, he missed. But um, but I wasn't expecting Spurs to win 2-0. So I, I think yeah, there's not exactly a team in form right now that you can say, wow, they're, they're the standout just from the first two games. And I think it is also too early. But just going back to that that city point, like shots on target yesterday, there was four, four shots on target for city. That's low. The possession wasn't as heavy as it usually is. It was fifty eight to forty, uh, fifty eight, yeah, fifty eight to forty two. Um, 
So there's just a few things in there that I just I backs up my, my kind of thoughts on City. I think they they miss a they miss an anchor at De Bruyne. I think they're going to miss Mares as well, and then Gundogan. So you know, three major players that uh, I would argue they've not replaced. Um, no, so, I suspect they'll they'll go into the market and they'll they'll get someone that probably no one's heard of or no one's really keeping an eye on, and they'll be electric because it's what City do. They're they're able to find gems in the market. Um, but like I say, I don't I don't think they're they're that strong yet. They of course will come good. So it's, it's really important as we come into our talk later on that we capitalise and get the points on the board. There's only two teams I think that have won both games so far. That's Brighton, who we're going to chat a little bit about later, and City. So um, yeah. yeah, right. Uh, let's get into our first segment and which is all going to be about the news around the club there's lots of stuff going on uh, myself and jace haven't had a pod for a week so there's been a lot of news uh going in and out of the club i suppose the biggest thing that that's been happening over the past week is the news on jury and timber um which is not fantastic news obviously and i'm interested to hear your take on what do you think about the injury and where do you think arsenal will go post this news i <laughs> I get the impression that we might dip into the market because I feel like the squad players that we have, we still want to get rid of. And so he was meant to come in to replace some of the players that did provide depth that were not good enough. Holding, for example, as a centre-back, but also he can play right-back, Timber can, and he can play left-back. So if you take Holding out, if you take Tierney out, um, Tavares was meant to be a depth player. He never made it in the first season. Then he went out to Marseille. And then you've got Cedric, but Cedric, I mean, just leave. Cedric, just leave. Just go. Um, sorry. No, I don't care. Uh, <laughs> um, if you look at that, then we are ultimately going to potentially be actually sh- short, a little bit short. Um, we could be cutting it fine. We still have quality depth in all the positions in theory, but. We when we get one injury, we tend to get it tends to spiral, and then it's one leads to two, sometimes three at one time, and so that's my kind of concern. Um, and I think we, we might dip into the market, and I think we'll, we're going to talk about outgoings, which we might see some this week, and so I think we'll dip into the market. That's my gut feel. But the question is, who? Um, uh, do, do you feel the same and do you think we're going to dip into the market if we are do you think there's anyone in particular we might go for <clears throat> yeah I mean I don't know I, I I don't know about who's out in the market I think maybe you have a better idea than I do in terms of who might be available and who who we could go for but for me I agree on the shortness that we have um, I, I wonder, you know, there's a lot of talk post the injury to Julian Timber about the, the medical staff, the team. Did they approach it correctly? Was he allowed to come out for the second half prematurely? Uh, and would they have done something differently? All the talk that's come out of that is that, you know, they did all the tests, everything was kosher. And then, you know, it's just a, a, an accident that, that happened and nothing they could have done about it, which is, you know, yet to be seen, I suppose. But one thing I think we do know Arteta and his training regime is intense. It is uh, really vigorous. It is really aggressive. And with that, you know, coming cold into a system and then working as hard as they have over preseason in this game, I think we've seen three or four ACLs over the last two weeks or at least over the summer um, from different clubs in around, around Europe. It does seem to be a quite a reoccurring 
um, kind of injury, particularly now with training the way that it is. So I do wonder about that. And I wonder maybe how how much of a pressurized environment Arteta is creating at training. I know he wants the best. And I know I've said before that he's speed running our way to what he hopes is a Premier League or a Champions League. Um, so I wonder a little bit about that. Um, but yeah, I think we need to dip in. I think we're falling back to a Tomiyasu who can't invert um, in that role. Uh, Shinchenko, we'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit later in the Palace preview, but he he's probably only 25 games a season. He's not He's not as many games as we'd hope. And so that's that's problematic. And then I don't think you can fully rely on Kirill as a left back. He's untested in that position. Yeah, so we'll need to get someone. I think you've got an idea of who you think that might be. Yeah, I guess we were always after Fresneda from uh, Rio Valoid um, back in, in uh, the January transfer window. Um, he's been sought after by Barcelona most of the window. He's not gone through because they're now going for Cancelo. So he's back on the market. There's news that Pochettino might go for him for Chelsea. But surely Chelsea can't spend any more money. <laughs> like, <laughs> surely they can't. Like, I, I don't understand how that is. They've spent over over a billion in free in, inside 12 months. Free transfer windows of £1 billion. Lavia, Caicedo. Like, let's take the biscuit. Like, let's just... I don't, I don't understand that. Like, people are saying Arsenal spending. Come on, man. Like, we're not spending. Like, I mean, if you... I think the stats show that United... I think we've lost Jason for a second. Um, but one thing I was going to mention on Jason's point uh, about Can- Cancelo, because we would have likely have gone for Cancelo. Um, the issue with Cancelo, I suppose, is that Man City are now looking at as much more of a rival than they ever were before. And so the likelihood is they don't want to allow another player to come to us. They've already had Jinchenko go. It's very unlikely that they're going to let Cancelo go as well, um, which is unfortunate. But uh, yeah, maybe Fresnader is the option, but I definitely think we'll need to dip into the, the market um, and that's going to be an issue for us uh, over the, the next 11 days. There's not much of the window left. So we're going to have to get a lot of outgoings first before we even consider who's going to be coming in. And that kind of leads us on to the next part of the news, which is um, our outgoings. Um, without Jace, I'm going to talk a little bit about the ones that I kind of know a little bit uh, about. Firstly, it's Florian Balogun there has been a lot of interest over the course of this window and i think that 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 one's definitely going to come down to the wire and it's also going to come down to the wire in terms of a fee we've had interest from inter who was in the region of 35 million which i think that arteta and the club have deemed not enough which i can agree with i think we've talked on the pod previously about what do we determine as a good amount for balogun considering uh, the contract, considering uh, his loan last season and the uh, output that he got from that loan, his age, uh, and I think his ceiling as well. So there, there is interest around London. I think, you know, Chelsea need a striker. Um, West Ham probably need a striker. Palace need a striker. There's some good clubs in and around London that are going to need to get some business done. And as such, I think that they all have a bit of money as well, which is probably a good thing. If they've got the money, then it means we can likely get something for him. It's just wondering whether or not they'll actually put uh, their money where their mouth is and that one will happen. So Balogun's on his way out for sure. Let's have to see what happens there. Um, and then there's a few others. Tavares has been on the chopping block. 
Uh, he's apparently said no to both uh, Nottingham Forest and West Ham, which is leaving our, our you know options a little bit slim. I would say on Tavares, though, there is there is money on the table there for him. I think that you look at his age, you look at the length of his contract left, you look at his, he, he's a very raw talent. Um, I don't think that Arteta has managed to get the best out of him, um, but there is opportunity there that, uh, that we could go and get uh, Tavares to be shown the door if the right thing comes in. I think we could get 20 to 25 million uh, for Tavares. Hello, Jason. Jason has joined us back. Hopefully everything's working. Um, I've, I've gone through Balogun, Jace. I was just talking about Tavares, a little bit about that Forest and West Ham is probably not going to happen. Um, but I, I was going to say, and I said that he's a very raw talent. I don't think Arteta's got the best out of him yet. And I think that uh, certain managers could get more out of him. So there could be 20 to 25 million on the table for him. I think you mentioned that Aston Villa have kind of reached out to see if there's a loan option um, for him, which I don't think we should go for if there is. Yeah, it seems like all of our left backs only get offers for loans and we I mean they're both both Tavares and Tierney are worth money. But yeah, I, I, I saw earlier that apparently they're inquiring about loans and uh and Forrest was a negotiation around thirteen million and the negotiations broke down. Clearly we, we wanted fifteen to twenty. Um clearly we weren't getting what we wanted there. So mm, it's difficult, right? We do need to get some players out, we need to get some money in because I think we still need to do some business. So um yeah. It's a little bit of an annoying one. Uh, the only thing I was um, I was going to say just with um, Tavares was that I don't understand the signing actually in reflection because he was very, very good and a very attacking profile. But the profile of the left back that Arteta wanted was never that profile. It was a real miss on recruitment. And um, I've, it still still baffles me, that one, because he's a really good player. And I actually don't want to lose him. But I'd, I'd play him as a left winger. <laughs> I wouldn't play him as a left back. Um, maybe you could play him. I don't know if you could move Trossard or Martinelli onto the right and be the Saka backup, because I think he is deadly in attack. He is deadly in, in a left wing position, but he can't play left back, not in our formation. Yeah, I mean, that's part of the problem there, right? I think that we've got quite a lot of options at left wing that necessarily we, we don't at right wing. We definitely need a backup for Saka. I just don't see us going into the market to get one of those either at the moment, particularly with our outgoings the way that they are. You know, it could come down to the wire to get one of those in, but I just don't see it. I think the timber the timber injury is going to make us move because like, let's let's look at this, the, the facts. Timber, got it. timber was playing the last three games in that position as a left inverted back. And was doing exceptionally well at it. He obviously does not trust Tierney in that position. No. Um, uh, and as such, if Zinchenko can't play the games that we think he can, then we're going to have to find somebody else that can at least do half the games. So, yeah, a bit of an odd one. Like I say, I don't think Kieran Tierney can leave right now unless Arteta has, you know, 90 to 95% assurance that he has a backup that he can get during the window that can do the job that he wants that person to do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was mentioning like Fresneda may be the only option. He would be a right back though, which means you have Tommy Yasin, Shinchenko left back. Um, but uh, just on also on that kind of point of depth that you were talking about, I was thinking, well, my, my, my hotel Wi-Fi dropped out. Um, 
We only actually really have three players that can stay fit through the season at the back. White, Gabriel and Saliba. Well, hopefully Saliba. Um, yes, we did have a challenge with him at the end of the last season. But Tierney consistently always has injuries. Jinchenko always has injuries. Tommy Yasu always has injuries. Kivio, I guess we don't know enough yet. Um, but when you consider that, those injuries, and then Timber's out for the year, it's not as much depth as we 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 were laughing about a couple of podcasts ago with the, the spoiled riches that we have. One injury really makes me look differently at the defence. Um, and that's a concern. So interesting think, to see what we do yeah, this week. I mean, the, the thing I was looking at maybe before was that I always look at the... I've, I've talked a lot about, about incremental gains previously and how the, you know, the delta between the first and second choice becoming much 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 closer than it is at other clubs and that's kind of what we had you know the difference between um right back uh sorry for left back if you're comparing um Shinchenko and timber much much closer if you're comparing um the drop off in our center backs much much closer um in the in the center of the park the same if we were doing uh, a rice downgrade to party if that's how we were going to go then it's much much closer right and th- those are where in other teams systems like Rodri, when Rodri gets injured from Man City, who, who's Calvin Phillips? Like honestly, but, but you know it's not it. So that's I do I, I agree with you. One injury does kind of cause a lot of chaos into our system, which is why I think we need to dip back in. Let's let's see where it takes us. Yeah, we need money first. That's a fact. Yeah, exactly. We we need to get ready. We've got eleven days left. We're going to have to you know we're going to have to act. And I think there will be uh, some times where. 25 million for Balogun might just be taken just to get moving in the market. We might be, might be forced to kind of take a little bit of a hit in that, in that respect. All right. Premier League already. Premier League results this weekend. Talk to me. Yeah. I mean, it's been a big, a big weekend. I, and yeah, I'm always going to uh, talk about some of the clubs that I, I have, have it out for. I'm going to leave them a second and go into them in a minute. I think the biggest one that for me that looked super exciting was Brighton. They're looking crazy good. It's so weird when they just keep losing what we determine their best players, and yet they just keep ripping other teams to shreds. And <laughs> it's you know it's Matoma, it's Gross, it's March, it's even Danny Welbeck's getting in on the acts. Like it's crazy to think that the team that they've got and the, the uh, and they've who, who have they sold? They sold Concedo, right? They they've sold uh, McAllister, McAllister. To, to Liverpool, like. It's, it's absolutely insane to think that they're losing what we believe they're top draw players, yet Deserbi is getting some some absolute uh, class out of this team. I'm excited. They play exciting football. Uh, yeah. Nothing against Brighton. So I'm really interested in watching them. I love the, the brand of football. I love the style. Um, and just really exciting to watch as well. So just super excited to kind of see them kick on and keep doing what they're doing. Um, Spurs. Yes, I don't know if you caught any of the Spurs game. I think you mentioned a little bit of the highlights and it looked like a bit of a dead rubber, right? Is that what you said? Uh, no, that was the City-Newcastle. Um, it didn't look like a dead rubber. It looked like there was quite a few chances on both sides and United had a couple of chances that you know they should have put away. Um, I just was very surprised to see Spurs win 2-0. Um, shows United's defensive frailties um, and... And the lack of a consistent goal scorer for them. But um, Spurs, on the other hand, very surprised. Did not expect that. Mm. Kind of like 
oh, it's kind of it's kind of that feeling as an Arsenal fan. It's like, oh, they might they might be quite good actually. Oh, I don't mean, yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if it's that far yet. I would say that United's record against the top six last season was shocking. Um, so I wouldn't necessarily read like keeps into it. And, and Spurs always do have a way of turning over some of the bigger teams. They do it with City like every time. Um, I would I would say maybe they're not as dead in the water as maybe we'd hoped or expected them to be. They they do actually play quite uh, good football. And um, he's quite likable, their new manager, which is a bit shameful yeah. to say as an Arsenal fan. Um, so I would, you know, I, I do think that they, they probably will win some games and batter some teams. But I also think the opposite. They're going to take a thumping by some teams as well because they play quite openly um, and they're quite poor at the back. I think United were completely toothless. Um, to be honest, like you say, Rashford just doesn't look at the races at all. And this is coming from a guy who's got him in fantasy football and like both him and Fernandez, who are both abject yesterday they're, they're midfield i remember um a, a close friend of ours had mentioned that they've got the best midfield trio in the league with mount casemiro and fernandez um spurs were passing through that midfield for absolute laughs yesterday um absolutely tore them to shreds really and it was embarrassing from them so i i thought they were going to be really really good this season and i know that we're only two games in but they've looked they, they were lucky to get the win against wolves wolves battered them for the past 20 minutes and i mean wolves are, are, are not great as you've mm. just said so yeah it's just an interesting game that one to watch yeah I, I, i'm gonna say it <laughs> I think Arsenal have the best midfield in the league at the moment. Like just from watching that first, I, I might completely be eating my words tomorrow. But from what we saw at the Forest game in the first half, if you have Party, Rice, and Odegaard, that is a beautiful midfield three. I don't think there's a stronger midfield than that. I think if maybe if you have City have De Bruyne and Rodri fit, then yeah, you could argue that that's stronger. Um, but they don't have them in the moment, so. In the moment, I, I'm quite. I'm, that that does make me feel good. It's other areas of the pitch that worry me. So this week we released the third kit. Have you seen it? Have you got it? Has it arrived? It has not arrived. Uh, I have ordered it. I ordered it alongside uh, the authentic version of the away kit. I thought I'd go to, for the authentic version because. I'd seen a lot of comments about the uh, away shirt normal version. However, I'm annoyed now that obviously the third shirt also has uh, some other patterns and other various uh, extras on the authentic kit, which I'm like also now going, ah, damn, should I have got that one? But uh, too late now. We're going to wait to see. I go on a holiday on Friday to Spain, so I'm hoping to get the, both of these kits so I can wear them uh, sunning on the beach, basically. What about you, Jason? <laughs> have you got it? Is yours there? Uh, mine's being delivered while I'm in Oslo, so I don't know if it will. I don't. Hopefully, it's there when I get back. But I did actually uh, in the airport in Heathrow. There was a sports shop, and I went in and just picked it up and had a look. Um, it's a very. Do you know what? I think the green. I think the green is my favourite kit this year. The Canon. It's just. It's just old school. It's retro with the Canon. It looks great. It looks nice. Um, just classic vintage. I like it very much. Can't wait for a. Can't wait to wear it. Yeah, I'd agree with you. I think it's it is the best of the three. I think also would say that they've done some absolutely stunning work. The club with our kits, not just the actual kits themselves, but the the PR and marketing work around them. The launch video for this third kit was just 
stunning stunning work <laughs> um the behind the scenes little video of saliba being the creative director taking the photos of Erdogan, just like chef's kiss they are you know if we fall over as a football club i think we'll always have a bit of a future in uh selling off merchandise anyway i don't think we've got any harm in wondering if we're going on the toilet that way we just need to keep uh adidas paying us more money we just we keep buying it they keep giving the club more money right because we i think that's one thing is uh Adidas which just suckers for their merch, but hey, if we get that sort of transfer budget, yeah. I guess when, they, when, when they start running out of uh, retro ideas for kits, hopefully they'll come full circle. I think you said this before, right, Jason? We can start re-releasing some of our. If we re-released a black kit, for example, in like five to ten years' time, oh, I'll go <laughs> we'll like hotcakes all over it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> okay, do we need to get to the actual review of the Palace game? Or preview. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Let's let's first talk about uh lineups then. Um what do you what do you think? Because I have some 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 not whole lofty opinions, but some ideas on what we might and do and how we might shape it. But I'm keen to hear what do you think? Um I think it's gonna be very similar to the Palace game last season. Um Eddie will be in for Jesus. That's a fact. Um I, I just the way he was playing, he's been playing. Um, I, I think that that's a that, that's a bang on start, but then I think we're not going to be going away to Palace and doing what we did at home to Forest with regards to the defence and the pivot. So I expect to see a back four of White, Gabriel, and Saliba. Um, I was reading Zinni had sixty mins against Luton. So uh, when we had the behind closed doors friendly against Premier League opposition. Yeah, they are in the Premier League. Um, so, yeah, uh, if he's if he's made sixty minutes, then I don't know if that's enough for him to start. I take it over maybe playing Tommy because you need that invert uh, midfield picks itself. You know, we all know my preferred three. Um, so I put Habits on the bench. Um, so yeah, that's my that, and 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 then the same same. I actually I would probably start Trossard over Martinelli maybe be for this game maybe even though Martinelli was very good against Forest he was skinning Aurier I think it might require a different mouse but yeah that's my thoughts on the lineup um question to you though haven't talked about it does David Rea start uh no uh, is is my answer? I think it's far too early to be to be killing Ramsdale's confidence in such a way, and I, I don't think this is necessarily a game that you'll need like high distribution for either, which is what Raya kind of accelerates over um, Ramsdale. Um, but I, I'm sure you might have seen the little video on the social media of them doing their their keeper um, coaching session, and both of them looked proper on it i know that we've talked a lot in previous <laughs> pods about whether or not you know their competition for each other as a first and second choice and whether or not you do that for a goalkeeper position i'm still of the uh, idea that you know we've got two of the best goalkeepers in the premier league right now so don't don't be sniffing or scoffing at that right even if you do think one's first one's second choice ultimately that those two things don't matter when one's falling off the other one's going to come in and vice versa and that yeah. is not something you want to be worried about, let's be honest. So I still think Ramsdale will start. I'm pretty sure, I, I, I'm pretty clear on the lineup alongside you. I, I think it, you know, the only thing that's going to change is that party isn't going to be the right back. He's going to go. And I think we'll go back to Gabriel Saliba again as our centre-backs rather than Gabriel on the bench. 
Um, so the pivot will be Party Rice and Erdegaard through the middle. I, like you, think Havertz will drop to the bench. Uh, he dropped to the bench in my fancy team because I thought that's what exactly might happen. Although I, I suspect if Eddie does start, which I think he will, Havertz will get 30, 20 to 30 minutes as a nine. I think that will likely happen um, through the middle. Uh, I think Martinelli starts over Trossard simply because he did put in an absolute shift and, and a workhorse during that Forest game. And if we weren't already starting Trossard on the, the pre-season that he had, um, it's not likely that we're going to be starting him above Martinelli in a game such as this. I just don't think it's the, the game that really makes sense for him to do that. But yeah, Shinchenko for me, I think, plays, and I suspect he'll play if he can, uh, depending on the result, uh, most of the game. Like if you watched the Villa game earlier today, who were once they were the three 0 up, they just like dismantled their entire team and just you know moved all their their, their solid players out to the bench and put a load of other people on. I think mm. that's if we if we're able to put the game to bed like we didn't do against Forest, then we we will have some options to to kind of move these players to the bench and and get some get some uh, movement through the legs of the likes of Tierney, Trossard, and others. Yeah. Are, are Everton going down? I mean, they, yeah, they looked really poor. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've said this before. I'm a big fantasy football kind of player, and a lot of people in preseason were picking Pickford um, because he's cheap. But also, what? obviously, I, 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 I don't get so it. Either, he's going to shed gonna... goals like crazy. Oh, yeah, I mean, the, 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 he, he's cheap and he can. Like, you know, there, there, there is some good defenders in Everton's ranks. Sarkowski, Keane, you know, there's, there's some good players there. Um, but they just don't seem to. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I think like I think you you had them going down in our Premier League prediction. Yeah, right? I had them. I had them. Eight, I had them like nineteenth or something. Yeah. I so I mean, looking at the way they're looking right now, yeah, it's it's not going good for them. Wolves, Everton, Luton. See ya. Yeah, I mean, we we'll have to wait and see a bit more about Luton. Obviously, their game wasn't going ahead this weekend because their ground's still not ready, which is uh, funny enough in itself. Um, yeah, let's see. I mean, I'm interested from you. What do you what do you think about the result for this game? Do you think that it's got Arsenal win written all over it or not? 2-0 away win. We've got rid of the curse. We need to put in a performance. Um I think Eddie's going to run riots, um, not necessarily from like a goal-scoring perspective, but just like the press. You're going to see an Eddie which will be pressing aggressively, like just like it was in the first half against Forest, actually. So, um, yeah, I think a 2-0 away win. But tomorrow, when we actually put our predictions in, you might see me go 3-1 away win. Because <laughs> yeah. I always go 3-1. Yeah. It's going to be, I think it's going to be tight, to be honest, this game. Um, I, I agree with you. This is perfect Eddie territory. This, this is the kind of game and the setup and, and the kind of teams that he likes to play against. And I think he's he can do mm. well against. So I agree with you there. Um, what did we play? Was it the home game? Was it Selhurst Park? We opened the Premier League last season in the pink kit and we did really well against them. Was that the same? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's when we realized how good Gabby Jesus was. Um uh because he was he was running that game i remember uh, and and I, I that opened my eyes because I, I didn't watch him in the same way at man city i got very excited so that was the game that was actually that was a very exciting game last year and i'm hoping we can see more of the same again tomorrow yeah. night yeah i mean i think like you i agree that i think we'll win but i think it'll be much tighter i can't see us keeping a clean sheet um we've uh 
yeah, not necessarily been very tight at the back all during preseason. So I still think we concede. I think two one is probably yeah more more where it's going to be. But we'll mm-hmm. see. It's going to be tight. We always have one. That's what we say. We always we always have one in us to let in. So yeah, I think I said too low. I probably end up going three one by tomorrow night. That's probably where my confidence mm. level will be. Well, I mean, they, Palace have got some good players. Uh, at least say, say, you know, they've got some good people in their ranks that can do damage to us. They've got some, you know, they they might not have a Zaha anymore, who used to put some of our players on strings uh, sometimes, but they've got some really young, good, you know, agile, technical talent in their midst that can do damage to us. We we'll have to wait and see if we can. I wonder if teams, because a lot of teams just seem to set up with a low block because they know that's necessarily how to nullify our attack we've seen it plenty of times already and that's where the Havertz uh, substitution might have to come earlier should they set up like that but I don't think Hodgson and Palace have been set up that way in any of the games that I've seen they play quite forward-thinking attacking football so I think it's going to be a relatively open game it's just whether or not I feel that we can uh, do enough um, to keep it solid at the back I think with that four if Shinchenko can stay fit there's a chance um but yeah, like you say, we, we've likely got at least one in us. Yeah. So you you had this down as a note. How important is the result versus the performance? What 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 is what is that for you? Because and I think this is you know coming off the forest last season, and I think that it was good that we played Palace, and it kind of mirrors it a little bit. Like last season, we didn't really we had a really good preseason, right? Last last year, and then we walked into the season, and that carried on, and our electric dynamic, uh, athletic kind of attacking football was coming across in every game and it was amazing to watch and it was really exciting. And sometimes it was more about the performance than the results, although they were both coming in spades. We were all kind of like, ah, it's just great to watch the Arsenal do what Arsenal do. Right Mm. now, couldn't care less. Could not care less. We can play (laughs) the most dross football Ever couldn't care. All I care about is getting those three points on the board. We, we, you know, and I said this in previous pods. We've got a really good um, opening gambit here. If you look at like, uh, so was it Chelsea? Um, obviously, Chelsea had Liverpool last week. They've got West Ham this week. I think Spurs had Man United. And who do they have? Who do they have last week? I can't remember. But you know, a lot of teams in Brentford. You know, a lot of teams in and around us. They haven't necessarily got the same opener that we do. I think our first five to six games look relatively... Man United at home, but I, I, judging by the way that they've looked so far, I, I can see that being totally winnable. You know, I think there is at least a chance there that we've got 15 to 18 points and it's a good opportunity for us to put a stake in the ground and kind of make headway in the league as we did last year because um, we have a, a relatively terrible closing segment to the league and, and thus we need to make sure that we get the points on the board now. So I don't care about the performance. I want the result. It'd be nice to have both, but you know, can't necessarily always have your cake and eat it. Yep. And I'm the same. Uh, result over performance is the priority for me. Um, if I could see anything, and I mentioned, I want to talk about this. If I can see any kind of improvement, it is uh, defensive. I call this defensive endurance. And what I mean by that is the mental endurance, because what we see, in games is mental lapses or whether that's fatigue or whether that's just like, you know, you just can't be on it mentally for the whole game. And we, we should, but those, those blips, that's when we make it hard for ourselves. We let a go. Like, it's not like we let a couple of few 
stoppy counterattacks and we let a goal in like like we we just tend to always randomly concede out of nowhere um when we're when we're absolutely control of a game and so for me it's around can we sustain that uh mental endurance of, of from the defensive side for 90 minutes and stay compact and stay tight and 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 uh, play 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 up play the game out you know frustrate them uh from an attacking sense and that that's really important for me um so that's the one thing i want to see out of tomorrow night alongside the the three points if i can have if i can have two things it's it's that <laughs> I think I, you raised a good point there because I think you're right. That that mental fragility that we kind of exhibit in games is something that rears its head quite often. I'm sure we've all uh, seen the meme where there's like a guy and it says Arsenal. And there's a guy with a bat behind him who also says Arsenal. Um, you know, <laughs> Arsenal going to Arsenal, and that's kind of what we do. So it'd be good to kind of get some of those out of the system. This is remember, this is the either the first or second youngest team in the league. Um, there is obviously going to be some frailties there that um, are just because of the the immaturity that we have in our squad that haven't been learned and kind of tested yet. And last season was one of those barometers where we did uh, get to a point where you could test that that kind of level and see where they're at. And obviously we weren't quite there. And yeah, this is all an experience. We're hopefully going to grow and, and learn upon those changes from last year and kind of hopefully, you know, kick on. And I would say just from this game as well, you know, and I think, you know, coming out the Forest game, more and more and more important now, no more injuries. We cannot afford injuries this early in the season um particularly to ones that are critical to our system and so if Zinchenko is not fully fit i would not be risking him in a in a game like this if we were playing man city right now then yes i think i'd say we, we're gonna have to but i don't i think we can roll out a tommy Asu or a tierney in this game and still be okay that being said i would love to see Zinchenko. obviously i would i, I do think he's fit and he's been in training he's done 60 minutes against Luton. i think he's there but if there's doubts niggles let's not let's not do that right now that is a silly idea to have this early in the season yeah yeah i know so car park have you got anything in the parking lot uh anything in the parking lot uh well only personally uh, i'm going on holiday uh, on friday uh, i am <laughs> i cannot wait for a holiday i'm in desperate need of having some time off from work um dead excited about that uh, so, and I'm also, so for those who, I'm sure we talked about this in the last game, uh, I hurt my foot, no idea why it's still hurting now. Um, so I'm hoping, uh, I can get that sorted before I go on holiday. So I don't have to hobble around by the pool. So you're not playing football this week? Uh, not tomorrow. No, because I will be watching, uh, the game of live course. tomorrow. So I'm going to skip in the game tomorrow and hopefully myself and Jace will be coming back straight after the game, uh, tomorrow to record our, uh, reaction pod. Uh, to hopefully an Arsenal victory over Crystal Palace. Fingers crossed if the hotel Wi-Fi allows. I'm not going to. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to commit 100% to it just because um, I need to figure out one where I'm going to watch the game and two how I'm going to get back to the hotel in reasonable time because I am uh, slightly out of time zone. But uh, right. yeah, that's the intent. Um, right. I wanted to just talk about Theo. Uh, he announced his retirement this week. Um, which I wasn't quite expecting because I thought he was going to Reading um, because, uh, you know, he, he'd been released by Southampton. Um, we are very local to where Theo grew up. We we, we live in the same town where Theo grew up. Um, Theo uh, played for AFC Newbury. He was two years above me, so I also played for AFC Newbury. Um, 
he's probably I think probably a, the highest of a goal scorer. Maybe I might be corrected by someone who's listening. But uh, I thought he 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 used to bang goals in for fun. But let's talk about his Arsenal career a little bit because I think um, I think he just deserves a mention. He's one of the. He scored over. A, he's in. He's in the. Is it the? Is it a, what's a hundred? A hundred club. That, yeah, he's in the hundred. Yeah. He's in the hundred club for Arsenal. Um, you know, there's only five greats in the Premier League that have done that: Dennis, Van Persie, Henri, and I think Ian Wright. Um, <laughs> good job, I didn't forget that's that one. one. That's a close um, one. Uh, well, at least that's what he said on his interview, Gary Neville on the overlap. So if no one correct me on my stats being wrong, I'm blame for you on that. But he's, you know, he he did commit a large amount of his career uh, to Arsenal. He started so young, we forget that he started at 16. So he was like, he's only, he's only just 34 and a lot of players are going longer than that now. But when you consider he was in Premier League football from the age of 16, that's actually, uh, he's sustained an 18-year career in the Premier League. Um, so he's actually been doing it a very, very long time. Um, and yeah, just, you know, I, I know a lot of people used to joke about Theo. I think, you know, he was never always as consistent as we want him to be. Uh, but for me, he is from the town where I live. We played for the same club growing up. He's a local boy. And then he went on to play for Arsenal. Uh, so I have a very big soft spot for Theo Walcott. Um, I still have his little frame of a signed Theo picture in my office. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm sad to see him retire. And I, I thought, I, do you know, what, I just want to say, what, what's your greatest memory of Theo? What's your, what is your greatest memory of Theo? <laughs> it's, a, it's such a such a crap one, I think, because um, it's not a footballing one. <laughs> Uh, it's on, him on the stretcher going like this. Oh, so he had the two, the, the, <laughs> the two fingers up and the, the two nil when it was against Tottenham. So he came off injured. He was uh, stretched off by the away fans that just gave him. It. it was just that's like a cult, like classic to me. Yeah, but, but uh, other players have done it. Be a other... goal, surely. Well, no, no, that was that was my first pick. I think that's every Arsenal fan's first pick. Um, I mean, that is a cult thing as well, right, by the way. Like, you saw Ben White doing it the other last season as well. I don't know if he was doing it to Spurs. It just sticks in the memory, right, because but it's it, like it's one of those things that like, the goals can, especially if it's going over 100, it's hard to kind of pinpoint, whereas that, yeah. it's very rare that we get the opportunity to do something like that, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, I guess one of the standout things for me is just the season, one particular season for me, that the season when we lost Nazri, when we lost Fabregas, um, and Van Persie became captain and we had that really bizarre transfer window where we were buying all these random players right at the end and we ended up getting us when we ended up getting Per and Arteta, which from a legacy standpoint is, I, that was that was like Arsene does it again, hand off to him. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, that, that season, him, uh, Fear Walcott and Ron Van Persie were electric. Um, they, they dragged us to Champions League football. I don't know how they did it. It was just Theo consistently basically taking on everyone on the wing and somehow getting to the Van Persie who can score. So that was just the, my, my my favourite kind of season and overall memory from Theo. Standout goal. Do you know what? I can't actually genuinely remember who it's against. I think it was Newcastle. Um, actually, there was a couple. There was the hat trick against Newcastle in like the 7-3 game of the Emirates. That was a very good game um i don't know how one of the goals he was right on the byline i don't know how the hell he got it in and never that was a, that was a great goal but also um for me like there was a i can't remember the team so it's not going to be too specific but 
Theo is amazing when he's put through on goal and he's sprinting and he doesn't have any time to think. And he just can just hit it and, and place it in one of the corners and hits it first time. A little bit Thierry-esque, but he's doing it at pace. That Some of those finishes that I remember from him are, are amazing. Um, on the other hand, when Theo used to get too much time, he used to mess it up. Uh, and I joke at football right on a Monday night, right? Because if I hit it first time, <laughs> it always goes in. If I have time to think about it, I absolutely screw it up. And every time yeah. I do that, I just think of Theo. Um, but yeah, uh, soft spot for him. And uh, just congratulate him on an amazing career. And uh, very proud to see someone from our hometown who played for the Arsenal. Yeah. I was going to say, because I, uh, I, I I will pick a, not a goal, because none of them really truly stand out for me in this game particularly, but I, I got to go and see the, the Arsenal Steven Reading five game. at uh, yeah. um, And he's got a hat trick. I think he scored the, well, there were two goals that were the winning goals, obviously, but I think he scored the winning goal in the 120th minute um, and, and wheeled off that. It's a crazy game um, that I, it was supposed to be in the away end and I, I ended up getting tickets and then they weren't in the away end. They were literally directly behind the dugout and I had an <laughs> Arsenal top on. So we were behind like in all the Reading fans. So I had to do my jacket all the way up. And I remember us equalising, I think it was 4-3, and then something like the 92nd or 93rd minute, we equalised to make it 4-all, and I just couldn't help myself. I stand up and screaming, got shouted up by a load of Reading fans. Um, but, you know, it's, 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 you're not in Millwall, you're in Reading, so it's fine, nothing to worry about. But yeah, uh, Theo Walcott scoring a hat-trick in that game was pretty pretty crazy. Mm. Obviously yeah. it came to nothing, it was the Capital Carabao, or whatever you would call it back in those days. I still remember the fact that they drew the game. And then they asked them, like Giroud and a couple of players, chuck their shirts in the crowd. Yeah, wasn't it? Someone tried to swap their shirt. I can't, was it, um, oh my God, was it Frimpong? Yeah, <laughs> and they were like, and then no one knew they went to extra time. <laughs> yeah, they were like, oh God, I have to go out there for another half an hour. Yeah. Oh, well, good right. That'll do uh, for a relatively, well, shorter than usual for us, Jace. Uh, preview pod, hopefully. Fingers crossed, Wi-Fi, negotiations, logistics. We'll be back again next week uh, for a review of the Palace game. But before we do that and we sign off, Jace, what should they do if they're watching on YouTube? Please leave comments, like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, we want to see, not just comments, ask us questions. We want to start doing some more Q&As rather than us asking each other questions. So feel free to put some comments and questions in the chat. And if they are having this in their ears on their podcast provider, what do we ask them to do there? Go to your podcast provider's app page and like and like, give a five star review. (laughs) And uh, yeah, and no less. No less. No less yeah, you, know what, you know what happens when you give us less than five. Um, right. Uh, thank you very much for joining us once again. Hopefully, we'll see Arsenal smash Crystal Palace on a Monday night under the lights. If we don't speak to you before, then have a wonderful evening. Thank you very much, Jace, and thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Cheers, guys. Have a good evening.